0: What a beautiful day it froze. Hope you're having fun. Out there, hey. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jam Room Podcast. Hope you're all doing well out there, as always. Hope you had a fantastic weekend and shit. Sorry about the bit of a downer episode on Friday. Just the memory of Norm. Hope we're all getting over it and getting through it. But Jesus Christ, he was a legend and... Uh, had to do something about it. And that's just what it is. Anyway, it was a beautiful weekend here in Perth. Uh, you know, some people got out and protested and shit like that for whatever bloody reason. I know I said last time that if there was a protest going on, I'd get down there. But no one's fucking advertising it. The, the news isn't telling you that there's protests going on, so I fucking didn't get to go. Would have liked to ask those people some questions, you know? Well, we've all got questions about this, uh vaccine and about the fucking the measures the the government's taken and all that sort of stuff but you know it'd be cool if this whole movement has some kind of like unifying idea right not too sure if they do i'd like to find out so maybe next time guys i'll get down there try and record some people's antics or whatever their justifications are or whatever but it is what it is guys anyway hope you had some some time to listen to some new music. There's plenty of it out there. James Blake's released a new single again. Again, I'm really sure it's hinting at an album drop, so I want to talk about it when the album drops. So uh, fingers crossed it comes pretty soon because they're, they're ramping up a little bit. But anyway, uh, this week, sometime this week, I think it was a few days ago, uh, was the 25th anniversary of the release of the album called Anima. Or Anima, however you want to say, Anima. Uh, by Tool. And I just want to shout out this album, because this album's a fucking masterpiece. And uh, it was the reason I got into Tool. I, you know, full disclosure, did not get into the album 25 years ago. I was a little young for that. Uh, But later in life, I discovered Tool, and it was uh, the song Third Eye uh, from this album, Anima that really fucking got to me and completely changed my perception of music and expression and fucking rhythm and I don't know, there was just so much going on in that album. Uh, If you haven't ever listened to Anima, fucking chuck it on, start to finish. Yeah, you can skip over those noise tracks. I don't like it when fucking bands do that, how they go banger after banger and then all of a sudden there's just this little piece of noise for a couple of minutes just to annoy everybody. And then they get into another track. But, you know, I guess it's art. You can do what the fuck you want. It is what it is, guys. Anyway, not too much music news I want to get into today. But I want to elaborate on something that I've hinted at in the past. I've given you guys a a couple of glimpses at a cover song that Liam and I have uh, been chipping away at. Haven't finished it yet. That song was Snakes. And uh, it was Snakes by the great Dan Hawley who I keep saying Dan Holy, but I'm, I, I think it might be Huli. It might be Huli. we'll see, we'll see. Um, he was kind enough to share some of his time with us and uh, you'll be hearing a bit of an interview with him later on in this episode. Uh, so definitely stick around, but I wanna preface it with the story that I've been hinting at because uh, this song is great. But it's the video clip that drew me to the song. It's why I know the song, and it's why I wanted to cover it because I want to try and maybe broach some topics that we don't normally broach here in a in the Jam Room podcast. Because uh, you know we kind of stick it to music and stuff like that. But there's heaps of shit to talk about, guys. I can get into this uh, deep. But I want to give you a little bit of a story, right? So uh, come with me now on a journey through time and space, folks. Um, Let's go back to 2012. In January of 2012, guys, um, I was uh, doing a little bit of a fucking hippy-dippy backpacker sort of trip um, with my now wife. Uh, We went through a whole bunch of Southeast Asia, spent about a month and a bit, maybe a week in each place. We went fucking... Where where do we go? We went to to Bali, then we went from there to maybe Kuala Lumpur, Bangkok, Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam, uh, Cambodia, all through CM Reap, um, through all the Angkor Wat sort of bits and bobs. Either way, we, we were fucking trekking our way through Southeast Asia, and I was suffering from a little bit of uh, insomnia at the time, so my wife went to bed at night, I had a good couple of hours where I didn't want to wake anybody, so I just had my headphones in, um, listening to old-ass radio shows on um, on YouTube. And these were, you know, a lot of old, old coast to coast stuff with, uh, George Norrie and Art Bell, mainly George Norrie at this point. And then, um, you know, a whole bunch of interviews and all that sort of stuff. And meanwhile, in the background, this was this, like I said, this was January. So I knew when I had got back from this trip, I was going to start a new semester at university. Um, and I was just, this is a degree that I'd been chipping away at for fucking years And so right at the last minute, I wanted to fit in an extra minor um, accreditation in environmental ethics. And the project I had to do to finish this minor um, was one of two things. I could have either got an internship at some kind of, um, I don't know, environmental consultancy agency or something like that, right? Um, Or I could have done just a whole semester long project. And I wanted to do the internship because I thought it would get me into a cool job or something like that, but uh, the the, the lecturers and stuff kind of advised against it because I was just doing a minor in this topic, and I didn't really have much experience in environmental science or anything like that because I was a philosophy major, right? So I was like, fine, I'll do this project, and I started trying to design a project. And so while I'm on this trip, spending my evenings uh, listening to all this you know, crazy conspiracy sort of bullshit, I started designing an experiment. And it was all based on uh, this guy named Preston Nichols. And Preston Nichols is uh, he's dead now. He died a few years ago. But uh, he uh, apparently was working with the, the military and the, and the U.S. government um, at Montauk. And if you know anything about the Montauk project or anything like that, good for you it's a crazy wacky sort of thing that's going on but let me give you a little bit of a i don't know some little bullet points of what was going on apparently this was um an experiment that was uh, being held in the early 80s right early 80s montauk point which is the very very tip of long island over there in new york right um a place called camp hero and so apparently they were um fucking around with some recovered technology from crashed ufos and they got it working and it was basically like a mind amplifier um it was all based on like the the pilot seat from a crashed ufo apparently something like that guys i'm not saying that this is all gospel truth and stuff because there's going to be some wacky shit discussed in this little fucking um pre-logue here but um So, they apparently got this driver's seat working. It was a bit of a mind amplifier. It was able to um, sort of bring things into reality, like manifest shit um, based on whoever was sitting in the chair's thoughts and how focused those thoughts were. It was basically, originally they were trying to do the experiment for like mass mind control stuff, um, but then... Uh, it started taking weird, dark turns. They were opening portals to different dimensions. Uh, things were getting a little bit wacky, right? Um, the guy sitting in the in the seat uh, was a guy named Duncan Cameron, who's uh, appeared in a whole bunch of these interviews with Preston Nichols as well. So Preston Nichols was just an engineer on the project, um, and he's a bit of a a sound guy, a bit of a radio engineer, right? He's an all old-school vacuum tube technology and... Um, tuners and uh, like i don't know all that sort of shit and that was obviously a big part of it when you're dealing with um you know radar and transmission and all that sort of stuff right so either way he claims to have been working on this project um he claims to have fucking been working alongside gray aliens and also fucking more royal style aliens like the reptilians ones that sort of carry themselves with a little bit more prestige or something like that um you know, you. I don't know what to say about um, folks that are really into this UFO and this uh, disclosure sort of movement. Because uh, a whole bunch of them have got to be fucking lying, right? You know? And they always seem to have like a weird message on the side that's a bit of a spiritual love and light sort of thing as well. And it gets a bit wooey from there. You know, they throw around fucking... Uh, they throw around words like energy and vibration as if that matters, or density and dimension and stuff like that, as if they are explaining themselves, but it's just more confusing um, to a skeptical mind like myself. Um, and so I wanted to put some of this shit to the test. I, and what was weird about Preston's testimony to me, guys, was that I kind of believed him. I really did. At the time, he hadn't written any books, like the interviews that I saw, they were very old old, um, interviews filmed in the eighties. Um, so there was no good reason for him to be lying. And I didn't think he was lying. And if you go back and, uh, check out Preston Nichols on YouTube and see his testimonies, I know he's talking about some crazy ass shit, but he sounds pretty genuine, right? And so while I was over there in, in Southeast Asia, I start picking up all these breadcrumbs of some of the technology that he was apparently using and designing and stuff like that, right? And I decided to try and put these pieces together into an experiment, and because I was doing an environmental ethics fucking project, I just had to sort of put it under the guise of some kind of environmental benefit, so I used this machine to sort of just test its effects on tap water uh, for some reason, just to see if it could fucking purify tap water or if there's another way of doing it. So Either way, that was all wacky. That was just a stupid excuse to do what I was doing, right? And so I found all of his designs, not written down, but just like little breadcrumbs that I picked up from these fucking hundreds of hours of, um, of radio shows and um, YouTube interviews and stuff like that that this guy had done. And, uh, you know, the machine fucking worked. I, I built this thing called a Delta T antenna uh, that kind of, I guess you could say it's like an octahedron sort of shape, right? Like a, like a pyramid on top of another pyramid connected at their bases four sided whatever um, so it was basically three main coils and so there's just co- three coils of wire connected at right angles basically right um, big ones and I was chucking different frequencies through there and white noise through another one and stuff like that and I had all like um, like cool uh, electromagnetic field detectors to see what was going on. These are the kind of detectors you get to sort of find live wires in walls and in ceilings and shit like that, right? So it can kind of tell you the strength of the electromagnetic field that's um, being pumped out. And uh, sorry if you can hear all this noise in the background. My bins are being emptied, fucking finally. They should have been here at six in the morning as they usually are, fucking waking me up. But whatever, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, the Delta T. Okay. (laughs) And all this thing was being run through fucking vacuum tube amplifiers. I had like an actual white noise generator that um, a friend and I had built. Um, it was all kind of wacky stuff and this uh, electromagnetic field that this um, antenna was producing uh, was pretty big. When I, when I turned this machine on, it, it, it grew over time, right? And so the experiment was kind of running it for 24 hours at a time, and um, chucking something in the middle of this octahedron to see how it was getting affected. It was a stupid fucking thing, but either way, it did something. It it really did something, and I published those results, and I got a fucking HD on my project, all that sort of shit. Um. It it was it was weird to be in Southeast Asia, hearing all these stories um, that Preston was saying about uh, reptilians and fucking aliens, and you know alliances with the fucking government and all that sort of shit. Because you know if if you've ever been to like Angkor Wat and walked around those temples there and stuff like that, there's fucking reptilians everywhere. They're depicted in like fucking, like every statue you see. We're not talking about like lizards and snakes, we're talking about like actual like bipedal reptile humans or whatever you want to call them. Reptilians is what they call them. Fucking all the way around, like even the big fucking thing that um, you see right at Angkor Wat, like the main big fucking Angkor Wat itself with the big moat around it and shit like that. There's a huge mural along the side of that wall um, depicting the time the fucking... the, the reptile people fought the, the monkey people and shit like that. And yeah, it could be all folklore, could be all that sort of stuff, but either way, it keeps it fresh in your mind and you start sort of asking questions like, uh, this seemed important to these people. Something happened there at Angkor Wat that just made them in- abandon that fucking complex and just let the jungle take it over. And it wasn't that long ago. Anchor Walt's only been around for maybe a thousand years. It's not that old. For it to have just been abandoned like that, it's kind of weird. There's a lot of weird shit going on there. I'm speculating a bit too much, I reckon. But anyway, there's too much going on in here. So when, whenever you... <laughs> I'm gonna be all over the shop with this explanation, guys. This whole fucking work up to, to why I chose this song, Snakes, to cover and stuff like that. It's a bit wacky. But these are the topics that I'm happy to talk about because, you know, some people just believe this shit. Some people put it to the test. And what's interesting is when you put wacky ideas to the test and they do something, there's got to be a nugget of truth there. And so your job is now to separate the fucking, the wheat from the chaff or whatever. And uh, I'm getting better at that. And like I said, with a lot of these UFO people and a lot of like these, um, psychics, you know, and stuff like that, you gotta ask yourself as nice as their message is, they're probably just fucking liars, right? They're probably just fucking liars. And there's a handful of them that I'm not a hundred percent sure they're just lying, that there's something else to it. And, you know, these are extraordinary stories that we can get into again because like I said I've I've um I've definitely walked down those uh those weird roads many many times and uh met some weird people and heard some weird weird shit and some some of it you can't discount we've all had weird experiences right it's just the explanation for the experience that sometimes is unsatisfying so I built this fucked up machine. And I'll try and find photos of it and stuff. It's pro- They're probably all on an old iPad somewhere. I'll find some old photos of this fucking antenna that I built. And some photos maybe of me in fucking Southeast Asia with some reptilian fucking statues. I'm sure I've got them as well. Although you're going to have to suffer through seeing me with uh, horrible big dreadlocks and a headband on. Like I said, it was a fucking hippy-dippy backpacker sort of shit, right? It's actually one of the reasons I cut my dreadlocks. I hated being fucking mistaken for a hippie. Because I'm not one. Because they're the sort of people that just believe whatever the fuck woo-woo shit people say. Um, <laughs> not quite on that, but I definitely believe some shit once you put it to the test. Whatever. We all come up with our own belief systems. That's fucking fine. Your beliefs are tools to get you through the fucking day. Cool. Wicked. So anyway, that was all happening in January of 2012. Um... Yeah, the long story short is that I was a Preston Nichols fan. I believed the guy, especially after the results from my experiment came in, right? I got independent labs to test everything I was doing and shit like that, you know? And um, if this is is at all interesting to you, feel free to hit me up. I'll answer any questions. I've, you know, I just did what I did. I've probably still got the fucking, the paper that I submitted somewhere. Um, Yeah, it was kind of strange, kind of interesting, but anyway about i don't know let's say a couple of months after i would got back or uh, whilst i was doing this experiment and like i said i used to fucking have this um machine in another room of my house um running overnight you know and you know the, the now wife she was telling me fucking about crazy ass dreams she was having while it was running fucking aliens appearing like fucking seeing shit like you know, things kind of glitching out in the house, like there's a, something wrong with the matrix code or whatever. Whole other topic. Could definitely get into that as well. I kept the Delta T for a while, and then eventually it just became like a fucking ornament in my backyard because I was never going to run it again. And then when I moved house, I had to actually destroy it. It was uh, it was a bit of a sad day because I really liked that thing. It just looked cool as well, anyway. But um, so in whilst all this stuff is going on, I'm obviously still checking on YouTube for anything new from Preston Nichols which there hadn't been for a very long time right then all of a sudden this video clip for a song pops up on YouTube and it's actual HD footage of Preston and it's kind of telling a different story to the Montauk experiments or his weird experiments that he's doing now with his fucking sound bed and all that sort of stuff well what he was doing now at the time but you know he's dead now don't know if it all worked out for him. I, I hope it did. But either way, this, this video clip turned up and it was a great song. It was film impressing. I was just fucking interested in it. I straight away bought the track on iTunes or whatever. There was no Spotify or anything back then in 2012, guys. And um, been a fan ever fucking since. And so, I reached out to Dan, the guy that wrote the song and whose uh, song has the video clip with Preston Nichols in, and he came on the podcast and we got to chat about it a little bit. Turns out that Dan didn't actually get to meet Preston, but his friends were the ones that filmed it and stuff like that. So real interesting stuff, guys. Um, We can get into this stuff more if you want to. I'm I'm up for it. I can talk about all this sort of shit. Um, These are not the only rabbit holes I've been down. We can go through a whole bunch, but we can save them for another podcast, I reckon, because with this interview and stuff, this one will already get long enough, but that's what was going on in 2012, and and let's face it, guys, everyone was fucking scared in 2012 of um, the end of the world coming in December or whatever, you know, the Mayan calendar running out and all that sort of shit, and like, you know, I was kind of on that board. I was kind of, I thought something might happen. Something might have happened. Who the fuck knows? It seems like a fucking different world now. But, uh, you know, it was all based on this Mayan calendar sort of shit. And that was the exact same thing that was fucking terrifying everybody uh, at the Y2K. Because our computers, just their calendar would run out. Right? That's what it was all about. As if, you know, it changed from 99 to 2000. It would fuck all the computers up and all that sort of stuff just because their calendar ran out. Turns out... Doesn't matter, you just buy a new calendar. Uh, might have been the same for the Mayans. I mean, good for them for having a calendar that went that long so you didn't have to replace it as often, but you know, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, 2012 was a wild time, and all of a sudden we got fucking Dan Hooley's uh, fucking snakes video clip really interested me. Dan came on the podcast, we get to chat about it. Um, so remember, please fucking check out um, Dan's uh, Spotify. I'll put links to his YouTube as well so you can check this video clip out for yourself because I hinted at it in other episodes but now just just get into it. See what the fuck you think of it. Um, are you one of these guys that just believes whatever the fuck you hear or do you really want to put them to the test and then uh, you're still left with questions though. You're always left with questions. It just fucking is what it is. Anyway, It'll be, I promise, guys, it'll be a fucking full music episode next time. I promise you. I know we talked about Norm last time, and now we're talking about fucking weird fucking experiments going on in Montauk Point in Long Island in the 80s. And I know it was connected to the Philadelphia experiment from the 40s, fucking Al all that sort of shit. Uh, yeah, we could talk about it if you want to. Let me know, guys. But without further ado... Here's Dan Hawley. Have yourselves a great week. It was a great time chatting to him. Dan's a really fucking cool guy. And I appreciate appreciate the conversation. It was fucking fantastic. Remember to reach out. Uh, All my links to how you can contact me is in the description of this podcast. And so will all the stuff to um, check out Dan's shit. So please do, guys. And enjoy yourselves this week. And you know, make some music and listen to some music and all those musical things. Take care, guys. This is the Jammering Podcast. There it is. Dan Hawley. Thank you so much for coming on, dude. How are you? Good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I've got a million questions for you, but um, how's everything going in L.A. at the moment, man?
1: Uh, It's... Pretty good. I'd, I'd like to be able to say it's getting back to normal. It's not entirely, but uh, it's not bad. I mean, it's it's like normal and not normal at the same time. Like I went to the Hollywood Bowl two days ago to see uh, Yo-Yo Ma do box cello suites. Um, so yeah, they're still having like huge events and stuff. It just make you wear a mask. I'm not really sure. But it's the Hollywood Bowl. So it's like a picnic area. So everyone's like eating and drinking. So no one's wearing a mask, but like it's a rule that you have to. It's just... I don't know. I'm sure there's all sorts of just put a little stuff in Australia you get
0: away with it, hey?
1: <laughs> yeah, you just have a little seltzer for like four hours.
0: Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? Um, I've got a million things that well, not a million, obviously that's an exaggeration, but I got a bunch of stuff I want to ask you about, man. But um, I thought we'd start with your music. How's things been going? You still creating? I can see a lot of instruments on your wall and stuff, so you're you're definitely still playing, hey?
1: Yeah, I still make music. Um. I haven't been like releasing things officially that much lately. I mostly just sort of like mess around.
0: Absolutely. So the the Dan Holy EP, right? That was twenty twelve.
1: Uh yeah, I think that was twenty twelve and recorded it. Actually, yeah. it might have been twenty eleven when we recorded it because it took a while for it to come out.
0: It yeah. was
1: uh, it was basically, it was done as a favor, so it was like not top priority for them to finish up. So it was just sort of. Hanging there for a little bit
0: all right fair enough fair enough so, so that was 2012 and and obviously i was, became a fan in 2012 because of that ep and obviously the song snakes that you might have heard yeah of how did you hear little... of it um i i am going to tell the long story uh through um the intro to this podcast and stuff like that but long story short i was uh heavily obsessed and researching preston nichols mm-hmm. from and uh obviously was checking out everything that YouTube had to offer over that sort of period. And I was doing, I was doing some weird experiments myself, all that sort of stuff. And then, um, all of a sudden this, uh, it was literally from researching Preston Nichols that the, uh, music video for, for snakes came up and that's how I found out about your music. It's a very strange way to find out about a new artist, but it was, uh, interesting as hell. But, all part of the promotional plan yeah you're obviously gone through a huge um like a musical evolution because i've seen the helmet theme 2019 you put on spotify
1: oh yeah actually um so the helmet theme i put out on spotify because it was actually just a track i did for a documentary it was like a soundtrack type thing and someone reposted it on youtube Ah. so that was a way to collect royalties from that because i had to officially release it
0: uh, it completely sounds like a different artist. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> it's definitely taken an evolution. It's very minimalist. Uh, it's a beautiful song, by the way.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah. No, uh, my, my new stuff is more probably like instrumental, ambient, yep. more like that. But yeah, that was so for you, a film.
0: So you're not singing as much anymore, hey?
1: Um, Not as much. I, I don't know why. I mean, I, I in my apartment, I feel like if I sing, the neighbors will get mad. It's kind of like close yeah. quarters around here. And I'm not doing anything official, so I'm not in, like, a practice space where I can just really, like, Belt let it off. out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm kind of lazy, and if I don't have, like, an official reason to write a song for something like that, then it just doesn't happen.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Because I, I do want to ask you about um, the music videos in general that happened for the, the Dan Holy EP, because they're all over the shop. There's um like you did uh some awesome animation for the um, what was the song uh, amateur rocketry?
1: Yeah, that was my friend Sean. He he did most of uh, the videos actually. Someone else did, I think Tiny Coles. That wasn't Sean. I forget who did that one. Apologies uh, to the person who very did that video. Very different style
0: the, music video. They're all yeah. I think different. the
1: rest of them. I think the rest of them were all Sean Donnelly. He he's also the one who did the documentary that the the helmet theme was for
0: oh great which oh,
1: cool. which also has a, a preston nichols tie uh, but we can probably get that into that later i'll we'll probably come back to it oh
0: i'd absolutely love to yeah because um you know preston nichols died in in 2018 and um i, I, I don't know did he die or did he just go miss it like he, he might have he, figured he out ascended. that time travel yeah he did something <laughs> um so let's get into that because that, that, that's the reason why we've connected and stuff like because this song snakes it's, it's I, like my podcast here is primarily a music podcast of sorts, um, but there's lots of topics that I'd, I'd love to discuss. And, you know, finding like a, a weird segue through from music to the crazy sort of stuff that's going on um, with the Montauk project and all the stuff that Preston Nichols was involved in. You gave me the perfect segue with a mu- music video to Snakes, right? Mm-hmm. Did you film it? Did you get to meet Preston?
1: No. So that was Sean also. So the, the helmet theme, that documentary is called I Think We're Alone Now. Uh, it's on YouTube, actually. Well, I, that's why I released the song. So you should go check that out if you're interested. It's about these two guys who were obsessed with Tiffany, the pop singer from the 80s. Um, and one of the guys in the documentary, his name's Jeff. He built a machine. I think he called it a, a psychotronic radionic device. And he used the machine to supposedly talk to Tiffany using, I'm not sure, whatever, whatever powers this machine had. Um, But anyway, I guess either the the machine was either designed personally by Preston Nichols or Preston Nichols, like wrote a book about it or something like that. Um, So Sean, the guy who did the documentary, that's how he got into Preston Nichols. And I think he was originally going to do a documentary or something like that about Preston. But what ended up happening was it was around the time the record came out and he wanted to do some music videos. So he went up to Preston's house. I think it was like upstate New York somewhere. Um, and that's where he filmed the video for Snakes.
0: So um, just because obviously there's a lot of people out there that have no idea who we're talking about with Preston Nichols. <laughs> like from whatever knowledge you have and, and gathered, or you obviously agreed to the, the footage being used for your music video and stuff, it tells a pretty strange story. And It doesn't tell the story that Preston's really famous for. Um, But how would you describe Preston Nichols?
1: So from what I know about him, I guess he apparently worked for some sort of government lab on Long Island. Um, The Montauk Project, I don't know too much about it. I know there's like a lot of conspiracy theories. I think it was like a mind control thing, supposedly. I think that's what Stranger Things is based on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess Preston wrote some books with this other guy all about uh, Peter, Moon, Peter Moon, Peter Moon.
0: I've got one of them right here.
1: <laughs> I read them all. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I'm, you probably know a lot more about it than I do. I I basically know that he was just sort of like living in the woods, kind of like a retired guy living off his pension. And he was just like known for all these weird theories about what was going on in Long Island with uh, the Montauk project.
0: Yeah. And uh, it gets pretty wacky. It's not just all right they're, they're doing some weird experiments out there like Preston himself has obviously talked about uh, working with aliens um, time travel experiments uh, different dimensions being opened up and all that sort of stuff and it's it's really interesting like um, the story you tell in the music video uh, for Snakes is like I said it's not, not anything about that crazy experiments government stuff you don't see anything to do with like military ties or anything like that but what you do see is a a recluse living a a pretty sad life. We have to say, right? And uh, he somehow meets his his future self, and 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 I had heard these stories. This this is why I understood the music video so well, because I had heard Preston talk about meeting his future self, and he, the future self was giving him tips of how to fix his machines and and do different sorts of things with his radionics, that's kind of a term that he coined really for the kind of science that he was doing using all old school um, amplifier technology and, and radio tuning stuff to sort of, I don't know what you would so call this it. Sto-
1: this story is, uh, that's in the video, this is like a known part of Preston Nichols lore. Yeah, like he tells it in, in his books and stuff.
0: I, I don't know if he mentions it much in his books, but I'd heard him talk about, um, talk about it on some interviews, and it was later in life stuff. Because all the old stuff that you see of Preston is all like um, filmed in the 80s. He's sitting there in a huge lab with um, with Duncan Cameron, who's supposed to be another huge uh, part of this weird puzzle that people are trying to put together. And he doesn't mention anything about um, his weird music machine that he had made. And you do see it in your music video. You see him lying down mm-hmm. on his um, his bed that is his. And I, I've heard a lot about it. I really wanted to know if you got a chance to use it. <laughs> But if you didn't get out there, I guess you didn't. But um, I did not.
1: I th- I think my friend Sean did use it, or either he either used it or was was offered to use it. I'm not sure if he actually went inside of it.
0: What What was your friend telling you he about would be Preston? An, did he? Um... He would
1: be an interesting person to have on your podcast. I, I, he might do it actually if you asked him. Um, he doesn't. I don't think he knew too much about him. Um, that like wasn't really in the video. Just you know, just basically like what you sort of would get from the video just because that he was kind of like an odd guy but like kind of nice um just like a mild-mannered guy who has all sorts of weird thoughts but like is together enough that you're like all right maybe this guy knows what he's talking about i'm not sure he built like he has this machine that like does something <laughs> <And> <laughs> like that, that's clearly... so
0: crazy um like i said the reason i was researching preston is um because i i i didn't discount him straight away i definitely believed him, at least a lot of Mm. what he was saying. And and I tried to put a lot of it to the test. So I was um, doing a strange project, I I, I used Preston Nichols designs for um, what they call a a Delta T antenna. And I built this thing at home and I went through hundreds of hours of his um, old I don't know if you'd even really call them interviews, but the times that he was on like um, Coast to Coast and all those really old um, c- conspiracy sort of alieny kind of radio shows back in the day with George Norrie and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I picked up breadcrumbs everywhere and I made this machine. And I, I was, uh, at the time I was doing a, like an environmental ethics minor or something. And I had to do a big project and either I was gonna do an internship somewhere or design a big experiment. So I decided to use this weird machine to just sort of test tap water to somehow get it under the guise of environmental stuff and it bloody worked and it was actually pretty crazy so he gets more creators from me because following his designs and using the things that he said to do uh, made a pretty weird it. machine and it did a lot of weird things to my house and so one of the the offshoots from getting involved with like this fairly deep conspiracy stuff we're not just talking about how tower seven fell right we're talking like way deeper conspiracy (laughs) stuff than that and uh did you get any backlash and the reason i say is because when i was doing these experiments and i was involved with research and all this sort of stuff it felt like my house was being monitored there was strange cars pulled up outside my house and i got a phone call one day from my brother just like hey dude are you home i'm like no and he's like there's a, a black car right out front of your house with a couple of guys in suits sort of Monitoring it, like there was something weird going on. Did you experience anything like that?
1: Mm, no, can't say I did, but I don't know. Maybe it's because only twenty thousand people have watched the video.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I, I, I could probably account for about a thousand of those. <laughs> yeah, because I. Used to it's funny too because the video,
1: uh, the video that has the most hits, is reposted on some guys like conspiracy channel.
0: Ah, completely but understandable, and it's hard to really pick up on what conspiracy they're pointing at when you just look at you yeah videos, i don't know like, what, hey. what
1: else he had on his channel i don't i don't think there was anything too crazy on there i don't know I've, i haven't gone through it in a while but
0: yeah so how how are you now like do you go into the conspiracy stuff are you a are you a believer are you a skeptic like where do you sit on that
1: yeah i'd say i'm skeptical i like uh i like weirdos i like people who think outside the norm um Not that I think all this stuff is true, but I think people should be allowed to have crazy thoughts or even encouraged to.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, yeah, I'm 100% on your side with that because it's weird when you get into those uh, conspiracy worlds, there's like this message being preached sort of underlying all the facts that they try to give you. I don't know if you Mm -hmm. follow anybody like your um, your David Wilcox of the world or anything like that. They're, They're deep, deep into the secret space program and all this sort of stuff. But then it comes to the surface and it's really just a bunch of crystal people and meditation and like, it's a weird, weird juxtaposition. Like what's true and what's just like a nice thing to believe to sell your books or whatever. Preston never seemed to have anything really to sell. And that's why I really gave him more credence than other people. It's cause he wasn't really trying to do this airy fairy sort of, um, I don't know, just uh sometimes nonsense so i encourage everybody to sort of think outside the box but when it sort of has these dark ties
1: well yeah i think that's that scene sort of has a lot of i guess for lack of a better word gullible people in it so it attracts a lot of maybe scam artists and people who want to take advantage of them for their own purposes to make money it's just kind of a weird dark scene especially now like it's it's interesting to see how the whole idea of conspiracies has changed from like I guess when the time the song or the video came out to now, like when uh, what was the video? Like, um, was it Waking Life or something that Alex Jones was like in the video? You know, Alex Jones was like a countercultural figure that was like maybe not admired by hipsters, but certainly like they thought he was like kind of funny or like maybe even made sense. Sometimes it wasn't like a political thing, like people listened to Art Bell and it wasn't like democrats versus republicans it was just like some crazy guy in the desert like thinking weird thoughts and now it's very political and like yeah now you gotta try and cancel think if, them and
0: shut them down and
1: yeah i think yeah. if that video came out now if anyone was paying attention maybe they would get mad about it but It'd back then be i don't a think a little bit cared. of
0: black backlash just because you gave someone a platform that they might not agree with and that's crazy these days because i prefer to listen to people that i don't agree with Mm-hmm. to sort of escape the echo chamber that the internet sort of become these days but back in 2012 it wasn't like that it was um you know it was blue skies it was just like all right cool what other ideas are there to check out and it's, it's a very interesting point because conspiracies like you're right waking life had alex jones yelling on a megaphone and what he was saying made sense and and now you look at alex jones and it's like oh he's descended into the character people suspected him being but they didn't really just sort of pigeonhole him. that. Sure. And way. he's also
1: he's also done like crazier stuff since then too. Like the the Sandy Hook was like unforgivable. Like you really Yeah. I think that, uh, that stuff is like really yeah. it crosses the line for me. It leaves um, a bad So I mean taste in your it's mouth, not sure. it's not just the culture changing. I think everyone is sort of like leaning into their side. So yeah. Some of those guys just got worse and worse. To play to their audience or to make more money or just because they're legitimately mentally ill or whatever's going on with them you know i don't know
0: yeah and that's the thing with um like with someone like an alex jones there's um he's always been abrasive he's always been like bombastic he's always been kind of the character that alex jones has always been and for, for better or worse at least it's a voice that's out there whatever but with all these other conspiracy crews like they seem to like I said, with that, that really positive message that they, like, they preach, it's all about love and light and they get into that spiritual side of things, even though we just want to know about bloody aliens and um, government programs that are not about love and light, they're almost the exact opposite, right? Yet these things get tied up. So are some of these people preaching the best messages possible, but shrouding it in what might be just lies? Are they liars? What do you think? Do you believe I think Preston? some of them
1: are I, I think some I don't know about Preston. I think someone like Preston it's a little bit of just mental illness, a little bit of truth. I think I mean I think it's proven that he really did work for the government on st- some stuff like this, so he's not yeah. like completely full of shit. He and he is an actual engineer, but I think he maybe uses that to just like he likes telling stories. It's clear. Like I know I was reading something he wrote once that was like He claimed to like design Phil Spector's studio and like all this stuff about music that was like demonstrably false. And he said like he couldn't, he never put his name on anything as a recording engineer because like uh, Frankie Valley told him not to, like just like stuff that's like clearly kind of crazy. And then you, so you read stuff like that to me and I'm like, all right, so I think he's not telling the truth about everything. And he likes, he likes telling stories and he likes being part of that scene and having people come to him as like you know the the oracle of wisdom or whatever yeah
0: i mean it's 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 sad it's sad that you can uh, muddy up very interesting waters like that you know what i mean like the parts that are true are fascinating and i don't know you don't want to cheapen it by all this sort of i don't know you're bordering it with nonsense and it just cheapens the actual image you know
1: one of my favorite uh, i guess meta conspiracies is sort of like the idea that the the government makes up some conspiracy theories that are like deliberately insane to make other things that are actually happening sound crazy. Yeah, Um,
0: just lump them all together.
1: Well, there's this this documentary called Mirage Man, which is, I recommend people watch it if they're into conspiracy stuff. It's about this guy. I think he was a, a major in the Air Force and he, I forget exactly what his real job was, but one of the projects he was given by the government is he was going to tell, he was going to talk to UFO guys. And he, they knew he was from the government. He went as like an official representative of the Air Force. And he would tell these guys like, oh, I have this, this secret stuff about UFOs that you guys want to see. I'll, I'll show you these like secret things that we have. And it was basically all bullshit information that they specifically fed to these UFO enthusiasts to muddy the waters about what they were really doing at Area 51, which is basically just like secret projects with, I don't know if you know, it's like aircraft or whatever, or like yeah. stealth bombers or whatever like boring military stuff so i mean it has been proven that the government's done weird stuff like that so for all we know like the real conspiracy is that Preston nichols is like some undercover agent like to be insane to detract from whatever sort of secret projects was going on that uh, yeah. in montauk you know
0: exactly one of those one of those plants like alex jones says- he's, a, he's yeah. a double agent that's it could be that and and there are some things that are demonstrably false like uh, like right here i've got this book this pyramids of montauk book by preston nichols and in this it claims that in the old area where in camp hero on the edge of montauk that there was a brand new particle accelerator because they could see it from the air and stuff like that 10 years later or however long later that's not true there is no particle accelerator in the, that parkland <laughs> up there i've seen plenty of uh videos of people just walking around there, seeing what's going on if there's a particle accelerator out there it's got to be buried pretty deep
1: but see that's such know. a good example of like uh the more innocent conspiracies of the olden days it's just like the government built a science experiment in the woods yeah exactly. like, oh my god <laughs> yes
0: yeah, and, it, and it's crazy because um these things are like we should have more conspiracy theories than ever before uh, because of the coronavirus and everything like that. We should be sort of pointing out like, oh, who's funding this? Where's it current cause we've got a real thing going on right now. This is a real issue worldwide. And yet, yeah, you think people would be more conspiracy is silenced. It's I mean it's kind of there, but it's it's politicized again. Always. It's always just like, oh yeah you're anti vax, you're a conspiracy theorist. That's a pretty shallow conspiracy <laughs> is to, you know, question a vaccine. That's not really Talking about well, aliens yeah. building machines.
1: And now it's like, even if you have questions about it, then that's anti-vax. Even if you're vaccinated and think other people should be, but maybe just like want to raise your hand and ask a question. <laughs>
0: that's it. That's it. But you better not because uh, we got mandates here. So they sh- conspiracies should be like running rampant right now, uh, but they're, you know, it's oddly quiet on that front. I feel, I don't really know, but so you didn't well, even... It's sorry go on
1: the social platforms are just like they're more locked down now too i mean it's it's a lot easier for them to censor things than it used to be
0: yeah well and it's easier to um control the conversation with the way algorithms work online and all that sort of stuff and and like i said and people I, have
1: people have more to lose now too from their social platforms because it's either something they use for their career or they could lose their career by saying something stupid so yeah so there's eggshells whatever, everywhere whatever type of censorship there is it's more powerful now than it was 10 years ago Sorry, yeah, my yes. cat's trying that's, to say hello here that's, right, that's beautiful what
0: kind of cat is that it looks
1: huge it's a regular old black
0: cat Ah, oh, it's a regular one it's not one of those giant main Coons
1: <laughs> found around the street in Hollywood uh, yeah
0: so you're you're there in Hollywood at the moment eh?
1: yeah I've been here for uh, the last six years now oh wow. I was in I was in Boston when we did uh snakes and that stuff
0: all right yeah it, it felt like an east coast kind of thing what do you think of yeah. the music scene over there, and compared to the? Is there like because with comedy and stuff, there's a big division between West Coast, East Coast. You got the New York guys, you got the LA guys. Is it the same with music?
1: I mean, I would say, like, it's not super different on on the West Coast um, compared to Boston. I guess things in Boston. I haven't been there in a while, but it seems. I mean, part of the reason we moved is that there just wasn't as much going on as there used to be. Austin's yeah. just a much more corporate city and it's harder for smaller events to to have venues and people who can make enough money to make things like that viable. Yeah. Um, and LA, at least when we moved here six years ago, there was a lot more smaller venues and things like that. But everything's been shaken up in the last two years with COVID. So it's it's going to be interesting, I think, to see where the next live music scene is in uh, in the US. I'm kind of curious yeah. myself.
0: I mean, it like... Obviously, there's people trying to develop a new scene in Austin, Texas, right now with the comedy thing going on with Joe Rogan moving down there and all that nonsense. And then they go ahead and just do a very offensive abortion bill and
1: kind of scare everyone <laughs> back away. Um, yeah, I think I think Nashville might be a good in between.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like that here in like I, I live in Perth, Australia, which is like the backwaters of the world. And uh, for all musicians, the best advice you can give them is to to move to L.A. And that was true a couple of mm-hmm. years ago. I don't know if that's going to be true in the future. I don't know where to tell people to move if they want a music career.
1: I don't know why people keep moving here, honestly. I Like the way that social media works now, you don't really need to be in LA anymore. I mean, you, you just need to ha- do something interesting. If you have a cell phone, you can do it from anywhere. I mean, I think, I think it's probably more interesting to not be in LA, honestly. I guess maybe I'm biased because I live here, so I, I see it all the time, but...
0: Yeah. Do you see a, like a bit of a... Like people in LA, like, like they crave that content that reflects a different life you know what i mean like it like a more suburban or more rural kind of thing because
1: not not necessarily we're all narcissists so i think we like seeing la on television we're like oh that's the street near me oh
0: uh, yeah yeah i that's... know that
1: i know that bar yeah I <laughs> i've been that to that bar. restaurant
0: we have that australian pride over here as well if there's one australian actor in anything which just like it's one of us that's there's like a
1: friend. lot of you guys out here I, i'm always running into australians in the grocery store
0: <laughs> ah, yeah. Well, you can, you can pick the accent a mile away. Hey, it's disgusting.
1: <laughs> I feel bad. All, all your good actors must just like get up and move.
0: That's it. Cause we'd have, we have no, um we have no movie industry at all here in Australia. We, we have an okay music industry, an okay one, mm-hmm. but we've got a terrible film industry and television industry. My brother's actually kind of in the television industry. He's got a show on History Channel at the moment. And um, that was a fluke to get a guy from perth australia to get a, a show on history channel somehow um never heard of it happening and i don't think it's going to happen again but it just is what it is right now so good for him but, uh, what's, who knows? what's this show
1: called
0: oh it's a it's a animal show where he gets bitten and stung by a bunch of stuff it's called kings of pain <laughs> all know. right it's yeah, i have to watch that <laughs> yeah, we'll
1: americans americans love watching australians uh, get stung by wild animals yeah well it's a, it's this, a classic it's, genre for this is
0: exactly that show <laughs> they they, <laughs> they didn't even originally cast him either so it was um yeah just worked out for the best uh fingers crossed for a season two for him or something like that anyway dude what's coming up next for music for you are you going to be releasing some more stuff have we uh we got a new dan Holy ep coming out
1: uh i don't know i released uh i released some music as rebus pilbin that was just sort of like me goofing around because i have I just decided I was gonna gonna start releasing more stuff. I have tons of music on my hard drives, but uh, I don't know. for For a while, it just didn't make any sense for me to release it. But then I decided just like finish it up enough and put it out. Who cares? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think I might be putting out some more stuff like that soon.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm the biggest appreciator of uh, that kind of sketchy work. I don't care about finished products as much as I care about the process. I like hearing all the sketches all the stuff that's living on your hard drive you might never get around to fixing it you might as well just throw it out there into the universe and see what happens someone might plus it gives you favorite melody you know
1: it gives you a reason to finish it too
0: exactly yeah it's a motivator
1: yeah who knows yeah someone might someone will hear it (laughs) maybe 10 years later
0: yeah 30 years later yeah we might have a have you on the podcast 10 years later talking about a music (laughs) video that. That not many people even watched or uh, know the story behind or anything but dude thank you so much for shedding light on all this stuff because uh yeah thanks for having me i want to i want to get more into the conspiracy stuff because i i'm desperate to believe people if you know what i mean especially mm-hmm. when you're talking like mind control experiments you're talking working with reptiles and all that sort of stuff It's like ah is this guy just full of shit or is there something well, to es- it?
1: especially when you know that like the the men who stare at goats type stuff like the government has paid for insane things so some of it's true
0: (laughs) exactly and we got to find out uh which parts are and just try and separate all the nonsense out and all the crystal people out and all that sort of stuff and find like what's the science behind this do these machines work because then it's like it's demonstrably true right And and even if it's not
1: everyone loves a good story as long as no one's getting hurt i think it's okay
0: yeah and I thought as long as it gets people to sort of think beyond the possibilities of uh this little realm and i don't know we need something to entertain our minds right now with the pandemic we're all just sick of hearing it you know
1: yeah and sometimes people who are completely crazy stumble on something that's brilliant like uh the guy who invented the pcr test that we're all using during this pandemic Kerry Mullis. i read his autobiography uh i got it used off amazon he's out of his mind like He's taking LSD and like talking to aliens, and like has crazy, crazy ideas about HIV, and he got the Nobel Prize for inventing the PCR test, which is like completely brilliant. But he has crazy ideas about lots of things.
0: Yeah, oh, the same with like um, Nikola Tesla that invented AC power. He got the idea apparently from a glowing orb of an extraterrestrial that told him it one day in the woods. That's that's what he says happened. <laughs> And we all still you're, use you're never
1: gonna, you're never, never gonna stumble on a great new truly revolutionary idea unless you're allowed to have crazy stupid ideas. Exactly. So I think yeah. sometimes those those people they go together.
0: That's that's probably the best message we could sort of send to any of these listeners of this podcast just like just keep your mind open, entertain the crazy. That's that's yeah. a really good thing. Don't, entertain the crazy. Just
1: just don't let it make you go crazy. Yeah. Don't think about it too hard if if keep you start really going it. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. If, well, if you um, go really crazy uh, just watch some animals on history channel
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> and get paid to get bitten by them ah it's a good life sorry adam we're not we're not trashing on you man <laughs> my brother no it's uh, cool i'm gonna watch it oh definitely definitely i've been trying to uh, tell everybody to watch it might as well why not but um where can people uh like follow you find you do you have much of a social media presence anymore or are you just waiting for some new releases i don't something? really
1: um, I would guess I would say follow me on, on Spotify, uh, yeah. Dan Hooley. Cool. I'll, um, I think you, that's a thing right? you can follow people, follow artists on Spotify. Yeah. You can.
0: Yeah. And I'll put, um, I'll put links to your Spotify and stuff all in this podcast description and all that. And I'll put links to your, um, to the, obviously the video clip we're talking about with Preston I'm trying to try and get everybody to get confused by what's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, thank you so much, man. It was a pleasure. I don't want to take up too much of your time. You got any questions for us here in Perth?
1: Um, not really. I saw that. Are you guys mad about Joe Biden? I heard you didn't remember the Prime Minister's name. Is that a new story there? Um,
0: we've uh, we've been watching Joe Biden's mental decline for a little while now, so I don't think it's surprised <laughs> us at all. It, it would have been weirder if he remembered our, our Prime Minister's name. <laughs> I got got a pretty
1: good laugh out of that this morning.
0: Yeah, I mean, most people here in Australia would forget his name. So I think we can give Biden a pass on that one.
1: I had no idea what his name was. So yeah, I can't be too hard on him.
0: Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, well, I don't know. Australian politics is just, I don't know. It's just the administration. It's not as divisive as it is anywhere else in the world. We're all the same. Like both parties (laughs) are exactly the same. They might be like, oh, we want to spend this much. We want to spend this much. And that's the argument
1: it's, it's... Yeah, every australian i've ever met has been pretty friendly
0: yeah we hope so we're not quite canadians but <laughs> yeah. i married a canadian because of that it's way too friendly
1: <laughs> canadians with an edge
0: yeah that's cool well thank you so much dan um i'll get all these links on the the podcast description and i'll i'll leave you to rest your evening it's uh evening time over there right
1: yeah sounds good yeah it cool. is it's uh 7 730 i'm gonna have some ice cream watch awesome. some tv <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, good job hey, on the here. cover that was really cool
0: uh, thanks um it's still got a lot more to, to go i'm gonna revamp a bunch of stuff so i'll put a version of it that's going to be even better out in the future and be yes, the i'll final. check that out but... yeah all right thank you so much dan take care brother. Right, bye scott take care, take care mate. Stop.